now rocking with Matt and Dez. Let's go. Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. Matt and Dez Gonzalez are the founders of Kingdom Culture Ministries, a nonprofit organization that specializes in training, consulting, and resourcing leaders. Join them as they talk about life, family, faith, and all things prophetic. Now let's get to today's episode of the Matt and Dez Experience. Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. I'm your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. On today's show, it is a family affair, guys. We have the honor and privilege to have my very own brother, Jordan Gonzalez, on the show today. Come on. And uh, I got to tell you what, in the kingdom, there is no distance in time. And because there's no distance in time, I believe many times the area of age, wisdom is ageless. And I got to tell you what, one of the things I so value about my brother Jordan is that he just carries wisdom so well. He has wisdom beyond his age. And I have learned so much from him, even though I'm a, I am his older brother. Technically, there is such a wisdom that he's carried that I've learned from. And so it is such an honor to have you on the show today. What is up, Jordan? How you guys doing? It's good to be here. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast. This has been in talk for a while that we wanted to do a podcast together. And now it's finally here, huh, babe? Yes, I'm so excited. So Jordan, tell the listener a little bit about yourself, what you do, who you are, what are some of your passions? Yeah. So um, a few years ago, um, I transitioned. I was a third year director of a school ministry. Also was working a couple of different jobs. Um, About a few years ago, I transitioned to working for Point Blank International, which is Sean and Krista Smith. Uh, So I am the office administrator, office manager. I travel with them. Uh, Prior to that and the school ministry, I was managing bands and I ran a music venue. And so kind of this creativity ministry um, strategist kind of thing. That's what I'm passionate about. That's part of who I am. And yeah. So yeah, I I know ever since, I mean, ultimately you're my brother, but one of the things I've so value about you is that you've always kind of been in a director or some kind of management role. And uh, one, I would say one of the strengths that I know about you is that you're really good in helping to fix broken systems and create strategies. And so in every area you've been able to come in, prophetically see what's broken, be able to get strategy on how to fix it. I've seen you do it in the area of secular and bands. I've seen you also when uh, we had our school of ministry in Stockton, uh, you are helping with the direction of that and and uh, help see some broken systems fix that. So it's been an honor and just such a privilege to watch you over the years just kind of grow into this. And now you're partnering with Sean and Krista Smith, who Sean Smith is a spiritual father to me and I, I believe also to you and our family. And so it is so, so awesome just to have you here. But Okay, guys, I got to interrupt for just a second because I think we're leaving a big portion of a description about Jordan out. Okay, can we talk about the swag factor for a second? (laughs) Yes. What you guys don't see from listening to this (laughs) is his swag and his ability to be so in tune with culture that I feel like one thing I could say about you, Jordan, is that you are one of the most trustworthy people I've ever met. Mm, Truly. Truly. And I know that that comes out of just who you are and, and your relationship with the Lord. And But that's one thing I could just brag on you is that anyone who gets around you, I feel like you make people feel so safe just by your presence that they can literally just open up and just say like, man, I've known you forever. You're you're like a brother I never had. And, and ultimately, I obviously... By marriage, you're my little brother, but I, I truly feel like you're you're so much more than Matt's brother. You're my brother, and I Come just on. so value who you are, what you bring to our family, but just who you are. And I feel like 
one thing I want to just put out there is that you guys are going to start hearing and seeing about Jordan yes, more are. and more. He he is such a gift. Um, he's such a gift to our lives, but he's such a gift to the body of Christ. And I feel like one thing that he's, in my opinion, downplaying himself a little bit is because <laughs> he's incredible. Yeah. Um, he has a, a prophetic gift on his life that will blow your mind. He is a prophetic strategist. He has a business anointing on his life. I just yeah. feel like there's so much he's gonna, about to release in this season i'm just excited for you jordan come on i'm excited for you jordan (laughs) and uh, it's just an honor to to run alongside each other and to do life with you and he also travels and speak he he is actually a a voice right now an emerging voice he's he's traveling and speaking and he has some you're going to hear some of the wisdom today and so yep we're really excited and ladies sorry to say he is off the market he currently (laughs) is off the market i am so so just had to put that out there because i used to tease him i used so we go traveling I go hey guys he's single ready to mingle but now he's off the market so sorry ladies uh, hate to bring it to you but <laughs> hey but seriously the serious though we're excited about the topic today guys we are talking about overcoming disappointment which is such a huge topic right now and it's it's just fitting I really do believe for where we're at right now Jordan just has some amazing wisdom we and uh and me and Des we want to kind of just speak into this too I know I had a privilege uh last year to travel with Jordan we went overseas on a ministry trip and uh we spoke together and he released this word on this topic overcoming disappointment and just at a personal level some things that he's had to overcome and face that are really 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 hard and is really gonna i believe uh, relate to a lot of uh people's hearts but let's jump into this so jordan overcoming disappointment talk about me talk to me about that yeah absolutely so um you know part of my story uh about four let's see four years ago uh, i was in a relationship uh i was engaged uh gonna be married and that thing did not work out Mm. and um to be honest it was one of the hardest seasons of my life it took a toll on my walk with god took a toll on my heart um, my emotions everything and it was during that time um, i began to have a lot of disappointment as you can tell from that um you know, there were prophetic words that were given. Um, this is the one uh, by highly prophetic voices as well, not just some random off the street, uh, s- people with track records. Um, and so dealing with that and kind of after it not working out, what do I do with these words? Created disappointment, it created um, this thing in me where I really begin to question the goodness of God. Mm. Is God good? Is he who he says he is? Is he who I thought he was? And that kind of led me on a journey of having to deal with disappointment. And I think it's it's in the midst of disappointment or in the midst of not understanding, uh, the question comes, can you trust me? That's what God was asking me. Will you trust me even in the midst of not understanding, even in the midst of disappointment? Um, will you still trust me? Am I still good? And that kind of led me on a journey of figuring out and having to um, walk through to answer that question. Wow, that's so good, Jordan. And can you explain to us what the root of the disappointment was? What was the biggest lie or the biggest feeling or the biggest um, just mindset you felt like you had to overcome or break through in that season? You know, I heard it said one time, disappointment comes from believing you missed your appointed time. <laughs> and that's what it felt like. It, it felt like in that season, uh, even one of the words I had received was that it was a convergence in my life where everything leading up to that point was about to come into this convergence. And I felt it. I felt like uh, my hopes, my dreams, my wants, 
uh, my God talents, my God giftings, everything was converging in these in this season of my life. And it felt like I was about to step in uh, to a fuller picture of my calling. And then it felt like I got hit by a semi truck. <laughs> it felt uh, as though I was taken off the path that I was supposed to be on. Um, later, I would find out that isn't true. And I'm sure we'll explore that in a little bit. Um, but I think it just the feeling of uh, questioning, okay, God, you spoke this, this is how I felt, this is what it seemed it was going to be, um, even ministry opportunities, different things that were all kind of converging together, then it just stopped. Everything felt like I just hit a wall, there was a stoppage, there was blockage, and I think feeling like it was hard to hear God's voice was another thing. Um, I think I began to question, okay, can I actually hear God properly? Um, you know, I thought I was hearing him. I thought this is where he was leading me to. Did I miss God? Um, I began to question my ability to hear the voice of God. Not only did I not want any more prophetic words in that season, but it, it made me not want to give any prophetic words in that season as well. I think these are some of the, I guess you can call them side effects of where I was at in my life and the disappointment, what it caused. You know, I remember this so so well because me and Des were actually serving at the time uh, doing your guys' uh, pre-marriage counseling. And so watching you walk through, because I remember some of the counselors too being there were some of the who's who, I mean, prophetic fathers in the faith gave both of you and your fiance at the time really serious prophetic words. And it, that, that just caused me to think, because this is real. Let's just get real. Absolutely. What happens when you have people who are, uh, you know, prophetic voices of influence in the nation and they give you a prophetic word that speaks to your destiny? And I'm just thinking about this whole thing that was going on, this whole swirl around you. Here you have not only just uh, uh, seasoned prophetic words from, from prophetic voices that have been tested, uh, speaking into your destiny as two people coming together that had some destiny connected. It wasn't just a word about you guys coming together it was actually about the future destiny that you guys are going to create and i remember walking with you through this uh both des and i and it, it just leads me to just want to just kind of step in real quick and say hey sometimes we put too much expectation on the prophetic and what we have to understand is that the nature of the prophetic even though we teach it's foretelling and forthtelling so there's part of the nature of the prophetic that we're actually telling the future and then there's times like ezekiel where we're causing the future but many times what we don't understand about the nature of the prophetic is that it doesn't automatically qualify you for anything it doesn't it speaks to the seed of potential of the destiny within a person's heart now there's still has to be like a farmer has to go out and till the soil and be able to work that thing there's still our aspect of the prophetic word of working that believing it and making the choice but i remember the pain i remember having some really deep conversations with you and i think one of the things that just kind of threw me off was that you have such a prophetic voice and uh, you have a destiny. Uh, I, I believe you, you are called to walk in the office of a prophet. Yeah, it's not something that I've said. I know people have prophesied over you. Where it hits you at that core, because what, what, what happens is disappointment comes against your nature. It comes against your identity where it wants to shut you down from your destiny. And I remember you said it just a few minutes ago. I remember you wanting to do nothing with the prophetic. <laughs> I mean, you, you, I mean, we had those talk. We just get real. You, I want nothing to do with the prophetic. Uh, I don't want to prophesy or anybody. And it was hitting you at your root core. How did you deal with that? Because I mean, here you are now. I mean, it's, it's been some time. But how did you how did you break through that? How, uh, what would you tell the listener who is facing disappointment that's, that it's hitting them at their root identity 
and it's coming against something that they know they're supposed to do, but they don't want to do it. Yeah, I think that um, in my journey, you said it, it's identity. And it was attacking my identity, it was attacking the call. And uh, first thing was having people in my life, like you and Des and Sean and Kristen, these these other people, these voices in my life that didn't judge me for what I was saying, didn't say, uh, oh, don't ever say that or don't. They listen and then they gave correction if need be, but also they listen and they extended the father's heart to me in that season. And um, it, it was a heart of love. It was a heart of, hey, I, I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to shed tears with you. I'm going to be with you because I know that you're going to come out on the other side. And I think it was filling their hope for me when I couldn't mm-hmm. fill my own hope, wow. you know, feeling um, hopeless and then feeling the hope. Uh, they were giving for me and to me um, that, hey, you know, you're going to come on the other side of this and there's there's going to be a strength. And I think during that time, I, I had to rediscover my identity. It started with the understanding that, and it, it was this, what you said, the seeds of potential with the prophetic words. It, it first came from the understanding that, you know, we use a scripture when we, te- when we teach the prophetic that God has so many thoughts for us. And it's true. And I, I believe not only does he have so many thoughts for us, he has many plans for us. Come Come on, I think sometimes that. we think uh, the seed of potential is one seed. I think there's many seeds of potential. And with the prophetic words that we were receiving at the time, as you said, they're um, dealing with destiny and, and these different things. It was really an invitation for the two of us to step into, but it, that's what it is. It's an invitation. And within the invitation, there's still free will. And because those words were around two people, not just one person, uh, both people had to make that decision to step into it. And and, you know, I think that, that that wasn't the case. That wasn't what happened. And uh, God still, I truly believe he still has plans for the both of us in, in our own separate ways. I don't think that it was this one seed of potential and because it didn't work out or didn't happen that that was it for our lives. And I, I truly believe that he has other plans that he's doing uh, in and through our lives. And I'm experiencing in the season of my life. But it was during that time, he he really, he brought me to the word. And it was, it was really Luke 7. It's the story of John the Baptist. Um, he's sitting in this prison cell, it tells us, and um, that's what it felt like in the season of my life. It felt like I was in a prison cell of my own thoughts, of my own emotions, of really these walls of disappointment. Wow, and, that's good. So disappointment serves like a prison cell. Absolutely. Especially in the mind. I think it begins to change the way uh, you think and not in a positive way. I think my thoughts uh the three things I've learned that it does, disappointment for me, what it did is it, it affected the way I saw myself. It affected the way I saw others and ultimately affected the way that I saw God. And so uh, in Luke 7, it's John the Baptist and he's sitting in this prison cell and, uh, you know, he's the one that's prepared the way for Jesus. And we know who John the Baptist is. He's, he's one of the greats. And, but yet we find him in this prison cell and obviously he couldn't physically go to Jesus, but he had some questions. He had some doubts, believe there's some disappointment there. Um, you know, the, the one I prepared the way for has left me in this prison cell. Is he really the Messiah? Is he the one I thought he was? And uh, so he sends his disciples uh, to Jesus to ask, are you the Messiah? And Jesus in classic fashion, he, he demonstrates um, he shows his signs and wonders. He says this, he says, go and tell John uh, the things you have seen and heard, the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. And so his response to John was, do my actions line up with who the Messiah is to be? 
And then he goes on to say, blessed is he who was not offended because of me. And that, that part really struck me. And I, it was really, I was in a place of being offended at God. That God, uh, I'm offended because of you, because you spoke these things and they didn't come to pass in my life. There's an offense in my life. There's disappointment. And now I'm doubting your goodness. And um, so I had to begin to unpack these things. Why did I feel this way? Why was I believing these things? Um, could I get out of it? Is it possible? These different questions. Uh, to be honest, I felt like I had so many questions and no answers in that point in my life. But as I dug into his word, as I was around different people, Matt and Des, Sean and Krista, like I said, other people, uh, as they begin to speak life into me, I begin to actually believe uh, God is good. And, and it comes back to the scripture of Psalms 103. It's one of my favorite scriptures. And it, it says, forget not his benefits. And that's that part has always stuck out to me. And it's this thing of remembering remembrance. I think it's it's in the season where there's disappointment and disillusionment and these different things. You've got to call back to remembrance the things he's done for you. And it was in that season that I began to think back on the different encounters I had, the different times God has shown up in my life. He's shown up in my family, uh, the things he's done for me. And it led me back to his goodness. It was that even in this midst of not understanding and this mid, in the midst of maybe doubt and disappointment, I'm going to choose to look back and remember the God, remember what God has done, the good things He has done for me, and believe that this isn't it for me, that there is going to be more, that this, this isn't the point for me. And, and I'll say it this way, I think disappointment can either be one of two things. It can either be a stopping point in your life or a launching point in your life. And I think at times we've, at time I, I allowed that in a time uh, to be a stopping point just for a moment, but I've allowed it now and stepped into let it being a launching point for the things that God had for me. I'm getting right. Wow. Jordan, so good. I just feel so much breakthrough, even as you're just sharing your story. And that is, that's really the heart of this podcast is that our breakthrough can become your breakthrough. And I just feel it even now. Like I just feel God so much. Um, you know, I quoted uh, Chris Valentin a few weeks ago when we had talked about um, my story overcoming cluster headaches. And I quoted him and, and Chris Valentin says something like, when you're walking through the hallway of hell, don't stop. <laughs> like sometimes we feel like it's a good idea to like set up camp when we're right in the middle Ooh. of our worst time, <laughs> right in the middle of our worst disappointment or our worst letdown of our lives. We feel like we're just going to lay down there. Like by all means, don't do that. Right. And you you highlighted the fact that you got around people that you, you trusted and that you allowed them, even though you probably didn't want to hear what anyone <laughs> had to say. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but you're not, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like that's so huge for the person that's listening right now that may be in that place. Maybe they are facing the biggest disappointment of their life or maybe so they're under um, intimidation or fear or just grief. I feel like as we can just release and help bring strategy to where they're at right now, you highlighted a couple things, but one being like resist isolation. I feel like isolation, we know from the story of Elijah, what that does to a person, you know, it causes you to want to die. Like it's so extreme. Isolation makes everything so extreme. And you highlighted that you just allowed people to speak into that place and see you as you were and, and speak hope over you, even if you didn't feel it. You know, in Galatians 6, 2, it says, carry one another's burdens. Yeah. In this way, that's you good. will fulfill the law of Christ. Like, I feel like that's so, I don't want to say simple because it's not simple 
people, but it's it's something so practical that we can do to resist that place of, of isolation. And again, you don't have to go and share your deepest, darkest secrets with yeah. everyone in the world. In that yeah, place, that's don't. not, yeah, <laughs> that's not going to be helpful in that season, believe me. But there are, I can almost guarantee there are at least a few people that you trust that want to be there for you. You know, and I don't know if you can speak a little bit more into that and what that did for you coming through that season. But I feel like just knowing from stuff that even we've experienced that it definitely accelerates the process of coming through that season when you can get around those people. Do you agree with that? Yeah. You know, I was, I, you were just saying, baby, I thought was amazing. And what I caught from you, I was thinking about Job. Job went to his friends when he was in his greatest, you know, greatest need and they gave him advice, but they necessarily didn't give him an ear to listen. And I think that to me spoke volumes to me. What you just said, Jordan, is that you went and that you got around people who didn't try to give you an answer at first, but they had the emotional intelligence and capacity to listen even though I know that was us, but there was others. So I'm not just speaking to us, but yeah. had the emotional <laughs> capacity to just listen first, then help build a strategy that was going to go into your heart. But then you had to listen after that. But that's what I, I love because I think sometimes we go to people who just want to give us answers. And an answer at that moment's not going to help. We first have to be comforted and listened to so that way it would set up the right structure within a person's heart to be able to receive the answer, receive the same answer. I love that. But yeah, what Desi was saying, go ahead. Would you speak into that, Jordan? Absolutely. Before that, I think we miss um, the point that there is actually healing and being heard. Oh, say that again. Say that again. I think at times we miss the point that there is healing and being heard. And so sometimes we want to be an answer for people so bad, but the healing's first going to come through allowing them to talk and allowing them to be heard. And so that's how it really started for me. It was, I felt heard and I felt... um loved in the midst of being heard that I didn't have to be politically correct. I didn't have to be these things. Um, even though God was calling me to things, I wasn't there quite yet. I was still in the process and people allowed me to walk that process. They didn't try to expedite my process by giving me an answer, but they allowed me to have that process with God. And um, going back to what Desi said, you know, I think there is a false comfort in, in isolation. I think there's an allure that it's comfortable because it you're kind of just to yourself, you can keep yourself, you don't have to deal with your your things. And so there's a false comfort there, but ultimately we know Holy Spirit's the real comforter. And so when you look to Holy Spirit, there's actually a comfort that will come upon you. You will find yourself, uh, even though in, you could be in the most uncomfortable situations and places in life, you will find a unique comfort in the Holy Spirit. And that came through relationship. It came through uh, allowing people to speak into me. And that wasn't what I always wanted <laughs> in those moments sometimes. Uh, I think I definitely wanted to isolate myself and I'm sure I did at, at different moments in that. But I would always come back to, even though there may have been a false comfort in that moment, at the end of it, it was it was just that uncomfortable uncomfortability, I would say. I, I was still uncomfortable. I was still in that place where um, I didn't feel peace. And I think one, one thing in my life is I've always allowed fruit to speak, I would say. So if I don't feel peace in some, if I don't feel God in some, if I don't feel that I'm allowing the fruit of it to speak. So the fruit of isolation, there was no peace. Uh, there was no comfort. There was none of that. It was actually the opposite. I felt even more entrapped by my thoughts, felt more entrapped by my emotions. Um, and so I had to let the comforter come in and comfort me uh, through relationship and ultimately through encounters. 
That's so good. That I mean that. You know, you just released a key a few minutes ago that I believe is needed right now to see reformation in America is that sometimes we as believers, because we have the good news, we're so set on telling the good news rather than taking a place of letting people be heard and out of that place being able to bring good news. I mean, that, 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 I mean, that is needed right now in America is a place where we as believers can just be like Jesus and let people be heard. Yeah, that is so good. And I want to just bring something on that front real quick as the listener or the hearer of someone coming to you and they're sharing and opening up a huge disappointment in their life or they're going through something. I want to just clarify, there's a huge difference between sympathy and empathy. Say that. Because (laughs) I feel like sometimes we don't necessarily know how to operate in empathy. I think sometimes, and and maybe you guys can can relate to this, you go to maybe a friend and, you know, maybe they're a peer and and you're, you're sharing these vulnerable deep things with them and what do they do they're like well i'm your friend girl i got you like yeah you need to do this and you need to (laughs) you need to go and get back at him and you need to this and that you know and they're literally like stirring up the pot they're stirring up the the problem and making the that problem you're dealing with bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where it's not helpful at all yeah and and i feel like a lot of people's heart might be good in the fact that like I care about my friend like I want I want yeah. the best for my friend so I'm going to be there and I got your back but ultimately if they're just sympathizing with you and they're not wanting to see breakthrough in your life and they're just making the problem bigger those aren't the people you want to go to let me just say that people that you want to go to that actually have empathy for you which is rooted in compassion they don't want to see you stay where you're at they want to bring a solution bring answers to the problem you're dealing with and and see you walk in who you truly are who god says you are so yeah because empathy i believe connects us to the mind of christ the mind of christ is the google of heaven it's not just giving information like google it's actually bringing the necessary revelation needed for transformation and i think when you have empathy it connects you to solutions outside of yourself that you can bring within the life of others and one thing you said earlier i wanted to go back that i i think is so interesting was that this is the only word i have and i think this is this isn't do justice but the failure was not on the prophetic word of the prophet and you got that that prophetic word both of you guys when you're in the engaged and it was speaking to your destiny but sometimes we blame the prophetic word we blame god we bring the we blame the prophet when in actuality it may not be it, it, it wasn't the, the failure wasn't the breakdown wasn't on the prophetic word you receive it wasn't even on the prophets giving you the prophetic word or you know the voice whoever the voice is if it's not a prophet just the man or woman of god it was actually just part of this dynamic that God has put together in the kingdom of freedom, free will, and choice. And sometimes we forget about that. That's the power of the kingdom. That's the power of love is free choice, that he could still speak to us prophetically about destiny, but we still have the choice to choose the matter in this. And our decisions are going to affect that. And that's what I, I love because I at first you went through this, that you went through that battle like, man, you know, being mad at God, being, and I remember being mad at even at some of the people who gave you the words. <laughs> yeah, don't say their names, please. No, no, we're not going to say names. <laughs> we're not going to say names. <laughs> totally kidding. But you worked through that. You were able to mm-hmm. work through that. And uh, I love what you just said about, about uh, you know, John the Baptist. I mean, that was gold right there. And I hope those who are listening right now, grab that. 
grab that. That was truth and wisdom wrapped up for breakthrough of overcoming disappointment. I mean, put yourself in John's shoes. You're waiting. Your whole, your whole destiny as John was to prepare the way for the Messiah. And then a guy shows up, you believe to be the Messiah, you're in prison, now you're questioning, is he really the Messiah? I mean, think about that. Think about that disappointment because one of the things I like to say is that disappointment, when not healed or checked, will always lead to disillusionment. Disappointment is the breeding ground for disillusionment. The definition of disillusionment is the feeling of disappointment. See, it's connected. Resulting from the discovery that something is not as good as one believed it to be. See, at its nature, I like to say it this way, disappointment attacks your nature. But when unchecked, disillusionment will now attack the nature of God. And it wants you to get you to believe that God's nature is not that good. He's not as good as he said he is. And that's the thing. It gets you disillusionment, illusion. You now are seeing an illusion of who you thought God to be. It's disillusionment. You're seeing an illusion of who you thought God was, and it's actually attacking your perception of God. And if you don't deal with disappointment, you'll come into disillusionment. And that's some of the things you are facing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I want to tie this back to another scripture real quick. I, I felt like I was reminded of this, as even as you're talking in Luke 24, it's this story of these two disciples, and it says they're going to Emmaus from Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some theologians actually believe they were going homeward toward Galilee, and they're discussing all the things that took place, uh, Jesus being crucified. Uh, same theologians believe that they're actually reasoning with each other if Christ would resurrect and deciding if they should go homeward or go back to Jerusalem uh, or to continue on even believing that Jesus was the Messiah. And it, it says, that, so they're having this conversation about Jesus, right? And then Jesus shows up in the midst and it's in verse 28, it's Luke um, 24 and you can, 28, it says, then they drew near to the village where they were going. And he's talking about the disciples. He indicated that he would have gone farther, but they constrained him saying, abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass as he, talking about Jesus, sat at the table with them. He took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. So here we have these two disciples. They're on a road discussing kind of their disappointment with Jesus, I believe, that he had just been crucified. So the, the person that they'd followed, the person they believe was the Messiah, uh, just was crucified. Imagine you're, sh- you're in their shoes, uh, this person you believe was your savior and he's crucified, not knowing he's going to be resurrected, not knowing if your dreams will be resurrected, not knowing if your hopes mm-hmm. will be resurrected. And yet Jesus shows up in the midst of them and it says their eyes were open. And I- I'm thankful that Jesus always shows up even when we don't know it or don't recognize it. That. And I'm thankful he hasn't always show up the way I expected him to. <laughs> Ooh, say that <laughs> because again. It, it says his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, his ways higher than our ways. And I think sometimes we expect Jesus to show up in a certain way in our life, in a season, and he doesn't show up that way. And so it leaves us with disappointment. I think disappointment can come from even false expectations. You know, Matt, you, you always say there's a difference between expectation and anticipation. Yeah. And I think we're to live in this place of anticipating God showing up, but not limiting him to an expectation of how he should show up. That's good. And and I think it was in that time in my life that I definitely had an expectation. This is how God should show up. And he showed up in different ways than I expected. And as I embraced it, it's actually brought me to where I am here today. Mm -hmm. And I'm reminded of this, and this is something I always say, is that Jesus wastes nothing. He wastes nothing. (laughs) Every tear that I've shed, every, uh, every moment where I felt disappointed, 
point in doubt all of that. He wasted it for nothing. Not saying he caused it, don't get me wrong, because I think sometimes that could be interpreted as he caused these things. No, no, no. I don't believe that he caused them, but I do believe he's used them and I've mm. seen the fruit of it in my life. And so if you're in that place, I want to encourage you that um, he will use that. Even uh, the deep things that you don't think he could use or he'd want to use, trust me, he wants to use those things in your life and he will. And so I'm actually prophesying to you if you didn't catch on to that. Uh, He's going to use those things in and through your life and uh, let this podcast be a testimony to you actually that I'm here sharing this because I walked through it and uh, he will use your story and he will use everything. And I love it because the two most important decisions you'll ever make in your life I believe is first deciding to have a relationship with God, but then second is deciding who you're going to have a relationship in the context of marriage. And so to hear this hit at the root of one of the, I mean, one, one of the biggest choices you ever in your mind. I mean, this is so good, but babe, I was wondering, could you speak to the listener right now? Because I know Jordan's speaking from a place of victory on the other side, but I believe you have some good stuff, some keys right now to that, how to deal with disappointment while you're in the midst of it. You know, I know I've shared quite a bit about, um, you know, things I've been through in my own family on this podcast. I've talked a little bit about how my mother was diagnosed with lupus when I was about four-ish, and um, it really affected me from that point on. And so I think my, my overcoming disappointment had to do with more, it wasn't an event necessarily. It was how do you deal with seeing loved ones, not just my mom, I've have, I have many family members who deal with chronic disease and you don't see, you haven't seen the breakthrough yet. You haven't seen the healing yet. You haven't seen the promise fulfilled yet. How do you deal with that? And one thing that I feel like the Lord did with me some years ago when we first even got into ministry, me and Matt, and you guys have, you know, a lot of you probably have heard our story if you've listened to our previous podcasts, that we started um, ministry together on the college campus. And, you know, God challenged me very early on when we started seeing literally signs, wonders, miracles, instant healings on a regular basis. You know, it would be like we would pray for someone. It wasn't even like, you know, a minute and, and they're like, they're healed. And it, so this battle began begins to arose in me like, wait a minute, <laughs> hold up, God. Like, so you're telling me it's this easy to walk in signs, wonders, and miracles, but yet I have this family member, this family member, this family member, and and the list goes on and they're not healed. They're not restored in their in their bodies. Like what's what's the deal? You know, so God quickly I had to I had to settle the fact and settle my heart with the Lord with this area that I was not going to let disappointment be my theology or where my theology about healing couldn't rest in my disappointment that I hadn't seen it yet with the closest people to me, the people that I loved and cared about, that I see them struggling. I see them in pain. I see them in agony on a daily basis. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, I don't, I don't fully get it, but I had to settle that fact. And I was willing to still go after it and still contend for people's breakthroughs, even if I wasn't going to see it in my own home. Come on. And, and I say that not saying that I've lost hope or not saying that, oh, I'm just going to forget about their healing. I'm going to go after these other people's healing. Like, no, I still wholeheartedly believe that's who God is. It's not something we have to convince him of. Like it's already his will to heal. Like that can't be the issue. Is it his will or is it not his will? Like that's not the issue. And you have to settle that right away. 
right away. Like it's already he the price has already been paid. Like he already died. He already rose. It's already his who he is. It's in his nature. That's who he is. He is the resurrection and life. It's not something he just does. Healing is not something he does. It's who he is. Come on. And I feel like I had to get that revelation early on because it was it could have really tainted how I went after the Lord and not just in healing, but how I saw him, period, how I saw his nature. And is he good? Like Jordan, you just said like, okay, God, are you that good? Like, are you? That's the question that tries to be, you know, planted in our heart in those moments. And I feel like for me, I like you just said, Jordan, and I love this, like we can use that disappointment to hold us back or to keep us stuck, or we can use it as a launching point. And I feel like for me, that's really kind of what it was. I was so passionate about this issue because I hadn't seen it where I wanted to, that I went after it on every front. Like I feel like that's why I'm so passionate about people, seeing people get set freed. I'm passionate about deliverance. I, we Years ago, I started our Sozo ministry at our church. I'm passionate about wholeness because I know that what Jesus did on the cross, it wasn't just about us getting a ticket to heaven. (laughs) There's so much more available to us. And if you don't know what Sozo means, it's the Greek word in the New Testament for salvation. That word salvation is, that word Sozo is not, the translation is not just salvation. It's literally healed, saved, delivered, wholeness. So what God is offering us wholeness and we're only taking a portion of that. We're like, okay, I'll take salvation. I'm gonna keep the rest of my junk. Like, why would we do that, right? So I feel like out of that place, I used disappointment as a leveraging to see the kingdom extended Come, and seeing ooh. the kingdom advanced and seeing more people set free, seeing more people healed, seeing more people get restored and living and walking in their f- truest identity of who God says they are because you have to be at the point where you're like, I'm not okay with this. Not on my watch is it going down like this. So you're saying you can leverage disappointment for your benefit? Absolutely. Wow. That is fire because I think, like you said, I think disappointment can either take you out or you can use it in your advantage. And that's what you did. So Jordan, what are some keys for the person listening right now who's dealing with disappointment? What are some practical keys you can give them right now? And lastly, what would you like to leave with us today? Okay. So I think the first thing you got to identify where the disappointments come from. So for me, it was easy because it's right in front of me. But for someone listening, uh, they may be feeling a sense of disappointment in their heart, but not know where that has stemmed from. So I would say first, you have to identify where that has come from. Uh, Secondly, I would say have those people that can speak into your life. Don't isolate yourself. Have uh, mentors, fathers, mothers that can speak into your life, but also that will hear you that and, and part of your healing may come from being in the place of just kind of talking it through and that may actually lead into the first one is figuring it out where like where that disappointment has come from for me you got to know how you process things for me i'm a verbal processor so i need to talk things out before i can actually fully identify what's going on with me um shout out to my girlfriend she knows that uh (laughs) so i verbally process and and that helps me um and then you got to understand and allow god to uh, work on your identity in the midst of it. And I would make sure that 
in that time I was doing my best to take every thought captive, as scripture says. I think you have to be active in that. And that's and it's a very hard thing to do. It's definitely not easy um, to take these negative thoughts that may come your way, that may come against your identity or come against the nature of God. You got to take those and you got to replace them with truths. That's and, good. and that's an active thing. It's not just a one-time thing. Oh, I replaced it. Now I'm good. No, I'm still constantly renewing my mind every day. And so I think it looks like that. And I think what I would love to leave with the listener is, is knowing that God is with you in the midst. I think that that's one of the strongest revelations that, that rocked me in that season of life was that it, it's when you feel Jesus is the furthest from you is actually when he's the closest to you. Because uh, it says he is near to the brokenhearted. And so even though you may feel brokenhearted, you may feel disappointed, you may feel disillusionment, these different things, uh, which makes God feel further from you, he's actually the closest to you. So if you would just lean in in that season. And one of the things I prayed uh, in that season is, Lord, um, in the midst of my disbelief, in the midst of my not understanding would you give me the grace to trust you and the grace to do uh, whatever it is I need to do to get me to where I need to get wow. to? And I think that helped me, car- it carried me through. And then lastly, I don't want to forget this, get in your word. I think we neglect that <laughs> for ah, whatever reason. That. It's it, The word is, uh, it's living and true. It speaks to us. And I think I I decided I was going to dive into the word, not to try to find answers, but to find Jesus. I think sometimes uh, when we're in a place of disappointment or disbelief, we're trying to find answers and you will find what you're looking for. So sometimes if you're looking for a negative answer, you can find it. Um, but for me, I was I looked at scripture and said, all right, Jesus, I want to find you and I know you're in here. So let me find you. And in the midst of finding you, I believe that you will give me answers. You will speak to my heart. You will guide me to where I need to go. So on this show, we believe in breakthrough through impartation. So lastly, I, w- I was going to ask, would you release your breakthrough through a declaration of prayer over the listener right now? And then also maybe you, Des, maybe if you would release for those who are in the midst of disappointment right now, because I feel like there's just there's such a swirl in here right now, so strong as we're recording this episode right now, that there is a opportunity right now to release breakthrough through the airways for those dealing with this. So would you, would you do that, Jordan? And uh, babe, would you end it? Absolutely. So Jesus, first off, we thank you that you're here and we thank you that you are with the listener. Uh, We know you are everywhere. And so, Lord, I just speak uh, to right now, I speak to the cloudiness of the mind uh, that would try to come in and cause confusion, that would come in and try to cause dysfunction even in in person's life, Lord. We just declare that this uh, disappointment would begin to be unveiled. I feel like even as I'm praying, I see this picture of like a veil and confusion and a swirling of thoughts uh, that comes along with disappointment. So we cancel out confusion and I call those into their right mind in Jesus Christ that they would begin to see their situation as Jesus sees it. They would begin to see their circumstances as Jesus sees it and that he is in the midst. And so we, uh, I speak to those right now that they would come into a place uh, deeper in their identity of who they are in Christ that any thought that would try to raise itself above the knowledge of Jesus would fall to the ground now and that there would be an impartation uh, to break off disappointment and impartation to step into the fullness of their identity in Jesus. That's so good. And I just want to speak over you. If you are currently in that place where you're like, okay, I know I'm dealing with 
disappointment. I'm, I'm even maybe even in the place of despair or, or depression. I want to speak over you right now. And I just declare all depression, all disillusionment, like Matt said, I just declare it's canceled <clears throat> over you right now in Jesus name. I speak to your identity and I call you forth into every place where the Lord says who you are, that you, your mind and your heart would agree with God, who God says you are right now in Jesus name. And I thank you like even as as your your heart is like a garden and i feel like every place where there's been seeds sown by the enemy where it's been just lies or you know disappointment like we're talking about just every seed that is not of the lord that it would be uprooted and i feel like that's where where Jordan's talking about there's an active place on our part that that you would just by faith uproot those pull out those weeds pull out those lies in your heart those places where you're like okay this is not lining up with who I am or this is not lining up with who God is like uproot them take action and get them out get them out of those the places of your heart Lord and I just thank you that every cloud of confusion is being just wiped away right now Lord and I thank you that you are just you're you're the prince of peace Lord and I just thank you Holy Spirit, that you come to those who are just needing you right now, Lord. And I just declare that you would just comfort, you would bring comfort to the hearts of the listener right now. Lord, we thank you for breakthrough today. And we thank you that you um, are doing things on their behalf that they can't even see right now. Lord, you're paving the way for them to keep walking through and not stopping. So Lord, I thank you for courage just being released to walk through this season and come out on the other side with with promises that come you on. have given them, Lord. In Jesus' name. Ooh, that was powerful. So Jordan, where can people follow you, be able to glean from you, check out any resources you have, or invite you to come out and speak? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you can find my Instagram. It's Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N underscore Gonzalez, G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-S. Uh, if you're looking to have me come and speak, uh, you can find me on pointblankinternational.org uh, under the scheduling tab. You can schedule me. Uh, that is through Point Blank International, Sean and Krista Smith. Um, those are probably the two best places you could find me. Or if you want to chat, anything I said that you want more of hearing from me, I'd love to chat with you. Um, so feel free to message me of any sort. Well, thank you for being on the show today, Jordan. We really enjoyed it. Make sure to check out the show notes and see to see how to follow Jordan down below in this podcast. If this podcast has enriched your life, please help us by rating it, leaving a review, and sharing it with your friends and family. Thank you for listening today. Until next time, this is Matt Gonzalez. And this is Desiree Gonzalez. We're out. Be blessed. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Des Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddes.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.